0: And be glad, and be welcome to join us as we come to worship our wonderful, loving, living God. And we want to welcome you, worship us, and fellowship with us right where
1: you are. A little something like this. Jesus in me. That's Jesus in you, Jesus we're all one in the body of Christ, and so we sing. We're all one in the body of Christ, and so we sing. so we the love. Jesus you, so we are all one by Christ, and so we can. We're all one by Christ, and so we can. So is it love, one more time, and Jesus in me? Jesus in me, Jesus in me, Jesus in you. So We're all the body of Christ. So easy. We're all in the body of Christ. So easy. So easy
2: all
1: belong to you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, take me. Just want to praise you. Oh, 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 oh. we okay.
2: We will come from Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Psalm 27. You may stand in of God's word if you are able to. Psalm 27. It reads, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid?" The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Yes, sir. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life delighting in the Lord's perfections, and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Mm -hmm. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. Mm -hmm. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Mm -hmm. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I have never done. With every breath, they thread me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Hallelujah, no more grace, no more left yeah.
0: we are here to bless the
1: Lord
0: oh my soul and all that's within Amen. bless his holy
1: name
0: mighty God be are great that you are God and you are God alone. Yeah. We exalt your so holy, magnificent name.
1: Yeah,
0: Father, we have gathered here together to worship you, to hear a word from you. So, Father, help us right now. Yeah, Guide us through your spirit with your presence. Uh, that we will forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. Yeah, Lord, we're praying that we might hear a word from you right now. Yeah, that will draw us closer into your presence. That will transform us, renew us, refresh us, revive us and encourage us to continue to walk this earthly journey in your Holy Spirit, in your presence, in your life, in your love. Help us, O oh Lord, that we might see Jesus, and that we have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you.
1: Speak now,
0: Lord, to service of listening, we pray. Amen. As we continue to look about uh, overcoming fear and having faith in our God, uh, we're going to look draw from the 27th number of psalms. This psalm is another popular psalm. Many of us are familiar with this psalm, just as we are familiar with the 23rd number of psalms. I want to highlight here how this psalm basically helps us to understand uh, that faith in God uh, will help us overcome our fears. Faith is based on facts and evidence. Let me say that again to help people to understand That faith is based on facts and evidence. Oftentimes, people will make faith sound like it is something not tangible, uh, something that's not possible, but you wish it could be possible. But I want to highlight here that our faith is based on evidence of what God has done, what God will do, because that's what God can do. See, our faith is not based on something that cannot be proven. Our faith is based on what has been proven. We call ourselves followers of Christ, and we believe in His resurrection because the evidence is proved. He's resurrected. So you see, our faith is not based on what cannot be proved. Our faith is based on what has been proven. Think of all the other things that have been, uh, been, uh, been already been discovered, have been denied. In the past, but yet for 3,000 years, they still are talking about how did nobody else rise from the grave but Jesus. There's no other God that decided to send his son down to die on the cross but Jesus. And so when we look at the evidence that our God's been consistent all this time and everything else has been found out, that he is real, our faith is based on facts and that, but fear is based on falsities. Fear is based on some have made this across a false evidence appearing real. Fear is based on lies and what I can do to, based on your own fear of danger and harm that may come upon you. Psalm 27 shows us the power of our faith when placed in the Lord will help us to overcome false accusations of our enemies, of those who plotting our demise and those who may just look out to get us and even our own doubt in ourselves. The enemy is trying to get you to doubt yourself because once you doubt yourself, you stop believing. Once you stop believing, you stop trying. The enemy will try to get you to do all those things that will slander you and attack your character and make you even turn on your friends or have your friends turn on you. But trusting in the Lord will give you hope when facing adversity in your life. Mm -hmm. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but the Lord comes to save, protect, and love. Psalm 27 can be broken down into two halves, verses 1 through 6, uh, and then verses 7 through 14. The first half shows the trust one has in the Lord for who he is. Then the second shows how because of this trust, because of this hope, because of this confidence, you can pray believing that what you're asking is going to be complete. You can pray believing that your answer will be in the affirmative and what you're asking for God to do for you. This response comes with a great uh, understanding of Psalm 34, 17 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. So let us trust in the Lord and realize how he can help us overcome whatever our obstacles are, whatever our adversity is, whatever the enemy is trying to do against us, our God can bring us over. And also know that the Lord will rescue you because that's just who he is. Psalm 27 verses 1 through 2. When I read the first verse and look at how the Psalm opens up, it says, The Lord is. Y'all, y'all see that there? It does not say the Lord was. Not that the Lord will be, but the Lord is. Means in the present tense, in calling what I am going on, this is who He is. I dare to you to say that this text that was written some thousand years ago, that same verb is present right now. You can say that right now, it still will be true that the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Notice this first verse lets you understand why I place my faith in God. I, I place my faith in God because he is light. I place faith in God because he is my salvation. I place faith in my God because he is my refuge or my fortress. And so knowing who God is helps me to trust in him in times of trouble. Think about what you need in times of trouble. Notice how a hotel, a school, an office building will let you know in times of emergency where certain things are. Where is the AED for in times of an emergency and perform a CPR. Will you have the AED ready to help to save somebody's life? In time of a fire, they let you know where the stairs are, so where the exits are, so you don't go to the elevator and get trapped. But you can find your way to victory because in times of a tornado, here is the storm shelter where you should come and hide so that you can be protected. Am I talking to somebody? Do you see what's happening here? That in times of, of an emergency, right, the exit light Come on to light you to direction. And times of emergency, the A D is letting you know where somebody can save your life. In time of a storm, they tell you where to shelter is, what will be your refuge and your fortune. I was at a few more witnesses here. Understand that my God is everything. Don't need to break no glass in case of emergency. Don't need to go somewhere else in case of emergency, but he is present. Notice the text says, when I get to this, I'm safe. When I get this, I am safe. No, the Lord is. That's why I'm safe. The Lord is. Light. Think about what light is. Light is needed for life to thirst. Light is needed for life to rise. Notice how uh, flowers grow towards the light. Uh, You plant of a flower in a certain direction where there's more sunlight, notice how they just curve towards that way. Say, I'm gonna be where I can get the most light throughout the day. You planted me here, because you didn't know any better. <laughs> but I know where I need to live. <laughs> so I'm going to lean towards where the light is. But maybe also some of you might have a night light. And you might notice how those lights might often just also grow towards that nightlight because it shines at night. Too, so we get even more light. So we're going to tilt just here just a little bit, just to get a little bit more light at night before it sets off from dust, dust. Light also is needed for direction and guidance. That's how we light the paths, how we light the runway for the airport, how we have lighthouses for the boats, how we have light on our streets. Light gives us safety and directions and journey. And so when we're trusting in God, we're trusting him to be our light, we're trusting him to light our path, we're trusting him to keep us safe and secure. Notice how forest, uh, um, sorry, not forest fires, but campfires are needed to help protect the people at night, to keep the enemies away. How we use light to keep us away and safe from danger. Think about when you are in trouble and you're in a dark room, you turn on the lights, you feel safe. (laughs) Because you can see what's going on, because light dispels darkness. So light... Gives you life. Light exposes the enemy. Light gives you security. God is my light. God has salvation. But another way to look at that word as salvation is deliverance. Uh, God delivered them from Egypt. When we say He delivered them from Egypt, that saying that He was a mail carrier. But no, that He delivered them means that He took them out of bondage, He took them out of captivity. He took them out of of, of a precious situation and placed them in a place filled with milk and honey. To think how God delivers us is not how a mail carrier brings you something. But no, he did all the carrying, he did all the victory, he broke the chains, he broke the yokes, and he established them. And that's how when they think about God as my salvation, God as my deliverer, they think about the awesome, powerful work that God has done. But
2: then think about what salvation
0: is. It's God's intervention and in our life to save us from harm. How God steps in and protects us, sort of as a mom or a father is walking with their child and they put their arm out before they cross the street. Say, you don't know what's going on, but I can see what's going on. You're about to run out into oncoming traffic. Poop, arm out, got you. Right? You understand what's going on. You understand how to protect your child. So you're looking to think about how God has done the same thing in our lives. That There's times that we were not aware that God stuck his arm out. And protected us from uncoming harm and danger. Things not, we're not even aware of. Things we had not even thanked him for. But he did it anyway because he loves you. Now some of y'all should have said thank you God right now. <laughs> to realizing that my God has been so good to me that even when I don't thank him, he's still the same God. Because he is. Oh, hallelujah. His intervention, his salvation. The victory that's possessed in him. Salvation also points out victory. Salvation also points out that we are overcomers. Salvation also points out that no matter what you're trying to do against me, you cannot defeat me because I'm found in him. That's why we get excited now knowing that we have victory over death through Jesus Christ. We have victory knowing that the enemy wants to kill us, but he cannot kill us. Because Jesus says, I am the life and the resurrection. Though you believe me, though you die, yet you shall. So not only is God our life, uh, he is our salvation, he is our deliverance, but then it says he is our
2: refuge.
0: To know God as our refuge, to know him as our fortress, to know him as our citadel, is to know him to be the one who protects us. Think about it. A fortress or a citadel is basically to protect people. They're not built up just to look pretty. They're built up to protect people. But yet, we can build stuff that man can still destroy. But who can defeat God? To know that He is my refuge. To know that He is my fortress. Then hit me with your best shot. (laughs) We just want to sit back in and let God do all the work. Why do I need to worry? Why do I need to tremble? Why do I need to fear when I know you cannot defeat who is with me? God is the best defense, the best protection. The place your safety with. You've seen how people try to compete about who can keep your house the safest. Buy this for your security. Buy this for your security. Buy this for your insurance. Right? They're telling you what we can't do, but yet I want to highlight what they're telling you what's going to happen. They're letting you know that it's going to happen. They're going to break in, but yet we might help prevent it. God's letting you know that they can't break in. they cannot come towards you so when you place your faith in me you don't have to worry about what's going to be restored because I got you God is greater than any other when we look at verse 3 it says though a mighty arm a mighty arm surrounds me my heart will not be afraid even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. I want you to grasp the the transition here and the, the, the progression here. He's saying that even though I might be surrounded by an army, right? We've been surrounded. That's, that's okay. That's one thing. I'm surrounded. But they haven't moved towards me yet, so we okay, right? But now you start coming, okay, now we've got problems. <laughs> so he's saying that not only I'm outnumbered, I'm cool. I'm good. But now they start getting closer. You still a good guy? Okay, I'm good. (laughs) I'm okay. And so he's pointing out that even though the numbers don't look good, the situation doesn't look good. The report doesn't look good. But my God is good. It's helping them understanding that even though they will come around me, they're going to try to attack me, I, I, I can stay confident. Why can I remain confident? Because the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my life. See, when you understand who God is, it helps you to combat what other things might come to help you to doubt and make you think that God cannot do what he can do. But then also, look how it continues to talk about uh, the enemies here in the text. Y'all with Looking at uh, verse 4, it says, the I'm sorry, number four, verse three. Though a mighty armor surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid, even if I'm I will remain calm. I'm sorry, jump to verse two. I apologize. That's it. That's it. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. I got excited about verse 3. Let me jump back to verse 2 and spend more time right there, right there. Notice what he basically compares his enemies to. Who devoured? Animals of prey. And so he's likening his enemies to animals that are seeking, that are hunting their prey, looking to devour. And he, And here's the thing that I want you to highlight here that is pointing out to us. That the Bible sometimes uses similes of adversaries to animals. is not uncommon. John the Baptist called opposers brood of vipers. Paul called opponents of circumcision, uh, from, sorry, opponents that were promoting circumcision dogs. Jesus called Herod that old fox. And we see the psalmist here likened his enemies to predatory animals seeking to hunt and kill their prey. 1 Peter 5 and 8 lets us understand that even then we can compare our adversary, the devil, like a lion. It says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so you see here that you can see how Peter writing this letter might have been drawing from Psalm 27. The enemy's looking to devour you, but yet you understand that it says they will stumble and fall. Have you ever watched uh, National Geographic or Discovery, right, those other national shows where of Prey? And and I love the the, the 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 cheetah, right? The fastest land animal. that's chasing after a gazelle. It's showing that what the gazelle does. The gazelle is fast, but it's only it's not as fast as a cheetah. A cheetah can get up to 70 miles per hour running straight. Running straight. It can't do that going around the curve. A track athlete could beat it on a track that's going around the curve. You you race them in the 200, you win. You race them in 100, you lost. You go around the curve, you got it. Because the cheetah can keep a curve, but it loses speed once it changes its angle. So, watch, if you ever watch a gazelle, it does not run straight. The gazelle does like a running back, goes here, goes there, here, there. And the cheetah is changing its legs so it can never get that traction to get that speed. Because it understands that if I can trip you up when you stumble and fall, then I take off. And what happens when that cheetah gets trumbled up over his feet going left and right? Because they'll see him falls. I'm gone! <laughs> now it goes full speed ahead, knowing that I'm out of existence. That's God with our enemy, that he can trip our enemies up. That they're trying to chase us and we're trying to run away from them, and guys, I got you. They will stumble and fall. So not only will my enemies surround me, not only will my enemies try to attack me, one thing through all these circumstances, I will remain what? confidence. Why are we confident? Because he is my life. He is my salvation. He is my refuge. When you know that what God can do, you're not worried about what the enemy can do. Because what they can do is not greater than what our God can do. Because look what he says in verse 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, The thing I seek most. To live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delight in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. He will hide me in times of trouble. The reason why I'm confident that when I am overwhelmed, my God will protect me. Think about how a mother and a father can shield a child in times of fear. They can cover the mummies out, gosh. They can shield their heads and protect them. How, how a mother hen will cover their flock. And we said, we've seen the stories how a teacher or anybody will cover their child trying to protect them. We had the, the earthquake that happened, the tornadoes happened. We, we hear stories of, t- of teachers over their children trying to protect them as the buildings collapsing around them. We understand that people that love us will protect us when they can't, even if it may cost their life. That's why Jesus said there's no greater love. Therefore, a friend lays locked down for another. So if God was not withhold his son Jesus, hallelujah, then how much more I must be going through some trials and some tribulations in my life that I cannot call on him and be confident that he will protect me, that he will hide me. But here's what where the psalmist point out where he's being hidden. Uh, he's being hidden in the sanctuary. Uh, why? Why in the sanctuary? Why in the presence of God? Well, the sanctuary uh, was not just a central place. The sanctuary, he's speaking, of, is the only the place the
1: high priest can go. Uh,
0: only the high priest can go this place because this is where the Ark of the Covenant is. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is a, basically, basically a wooden box carved out that they pour gold over and they shape cherubims with wings facing each other and the wings going out. But on top of that gold laden place is where they will put blood on. And they will call that the mercy seat. Uh, one reason why it's called a seat because that's where God sat. But they put blood there and then God's presence will come there and that's why only one, one person, the, the high priest, was able to get in there and they would tie a rope around his leg in case he did not come out. They had to pull him out. Because if you weren't right and you became before God, you were born there. And they fear God, they realize that, nah, 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 we're not going in there, we're going to pull them out and find out who's the one, who's the next one to go with. And so here it is that he says, I want to be in your presence. Because in your presence, I experience mercy at your mercy. What is mercy? Y'all asked some good questions this morning. Mercy basically is that you do not give me what I deserve. I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I know I've fallen short of your glory. But because of your mercy, I can come into your presence. If with my shame, with my guilt, I can show my face to you. Because you won't shame. me. Oh, hallelujah. But there's times in our lives that we can't show our face to other people because we know they're going to shame us. Same, same, same. I know your name, right? you going that's why you say, I'm just going to avoid it, not going to show up there. But yet we can show up with our same catches, even if what we have not disclosed, God already knows. <laughs> you, you can hide from everybody else, but God said, I saw you last night, but you're still welcome in this place. Because that's how great my mercy is in this place. And so when you understand his mercy, you appreciate God for his grace. Giving us what we don't deserve. When we look over the record, he's, he's been better than us than we deserve because we know we've been bad. We're on our best days with nothing but filthy rats But God's grace, who feel this peace? Now once you get a taste of his mercy, once you appreciate his grace, you are just now resting in his peace. Well, this peace means I'm no longer at war with God. I'm no longer at war eyes with God. There's no longer shame and guilt holding me back because I realize I can come bear all before him. And hallelujah, he is faithful just to just a cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And he will protect me and place me on higher ground. Y'all see that there in the text? So when he places me on higher ground, I lift my head up. Y'all see that? When you, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with what? Shouts of joy. Singing and praising the Lord with
1: music.
0: Let me help somebody out. When we come to worship him in our sanctuary, wherever your sanctuary may be, we should come willing to sing and praise him, which means that you are not coming to be entertained. Uh, I haven't got quiet real quick. But you are coming to participate and to worship your God who's been good to you. And notice that it's not upsetting to him. It's with joy that I worship you. Psalm 100 makes a joyful noise unto the Lord. And so I will come into your sanctuary and I will offer sacrifices. Y'all understand sacrifices, right? He said, I'm giving my tithes. I'm giving my offerings with joy. I'm not upset, God, that you asked me to give this to you. It only belongs. to You only have what I have because you blessed me. And I freely give this back to you. Lord, Your work is so much more. So more I give with joy. And I praise you. And I bless you. Notice how he's responding with worship because of his faith. We look up to God who is exalted. And see how our faith in Him exhausts us over our enemies, because we are too in the Lord. We can praise the Lord even when our enemies are coming after us, because we know we have victory in the Lord. Think about that for a moment. They could be camped around you, they could be hunting you, but yet you can still say, I will praise Him. This is sort of how I, when I was reading this part, This is how it came to my mind. Sort of how we like our sports movies that have an underdog. Because there's a turning point when the underdog gets a pep talk from the manager, from the coach, or somebody to help them understand, you can win this. Right? So this is the opportunity for us that sometimes we are overwhelmed with our enemies. We feel defeated. We look defeated. But yet we can reflect and think about my God. He is my life. He is my refuge. He is my salvation. So why am I worried? Why am I afraid? I will be confident that I have victory in the Lord. And so that's the time that the movie shifts, right? You hear the chime the music, and you get excited. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win. Right? Because we believe that we can get it done. But here's the one thing we've got That without our God is always victory. He's still undefeated. So, words of the Lord, now with confidence of your future victory in the face of your enemies. Because of his confidence, because of this confidence, he can boldly pray to the Lord. The first half we just spent time with, verses 1 through 6, is based on his confidence, based on his faith in who God is. Because of base of his faith of who God is, he's not worried about being turned away. By asking for what God can do. That's why I look at verse 7. It says, hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer Notice how he already knows about God's mercy. He already knows that God is available for him. And so that's why he can boldly come and say, hear me, O God, as I pray. We pray to God because we know he's merciful. We pray to God because we're drawn by his grace. And we pray to God because we know he will not turn his back on us or reject us. You see that there? Let me continue on Look at verses 8 and 9. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. You are drawn by God's grace and his mercy. Then verse 9, do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of mine. Salvation. God's love for us saves us from his wrath. God delights in showing his mercy than his wrath. God desires that, that we repent and be redeemed and be saved. God desires a broken and a contrite heart before him. That is what he is pleased with. And so when we are drawn into his presence, we are drawn with humility. Drawn with the expect- with expectancies of God doing what only God can do. Notice now how we look at who God is. The psalmist then starts talking about those same things in this prayer. Verse 10, God has refuge. Even if my father and my mother are me, Lord will hold me close. He's pointing out that my mom and my dad are with me. But if I was abandoned, if I was rejected, I will be sheltered by you. That's the, that's the joy we know that no, no matter what other people say, I got your back, we know one person who always has our back. Through the good times and the bad times. We know how some people say, I have your back, but they got your way back, right? They, they're way back, observing. They're going to tell you, say, I had your back, but it didn't look
1: good.
0: <laughs> right? So, so I see what happened. I was coming, but then something happened, right? They, they, they got your back. When it sounds good, but not when the going gets tough, right? But God says, I got your back. And and Cass and, and says, God has your back, and he knows how to bring it back. Oh, hallelujah. And so our understanding that God will protect us, he will be there for us, that even if my mother and my father abandoning the Lord will hold me closer, verse 11 says, teach me now how to live, O oh Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Y'all see that there in verse 11? Verse 11 now is pointing out how the light is giving me direction. how the light is going to be my salvation. Notice that, right? It says my enemies are trying to get me. Now this, when I was reading this, reminded me of Father doing the same thing to you right now when you got learned the Lord's prayer. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Notice how the psalmist is that same prayer. Lord, leave me not. Into my enemy's trap. They're trying to kill me, steal me. They're trying to devour me, they're trying to attack me. No, don't lead me in that direction, but deliver me, hallelujah, uh, from mine. Is anybody glad that God can deliver me, That God can direct us and lead us, that the steps of the righteous are ordered. The, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light into my path. And so when we are walking in obedience to God, we're going to understand that God is moving in the right, us in the right direction. So your prayer life, hallelujah. So reflect your life. Y'all catch that? Your prayer life. So reflect your life. Lord, I want you to leave me not into temptation. Then why am I choosing to go? So am I following the Lord's direction? Am I following my direction? If I'm letting him lead me, then I will always be in the right place. And I will not let my enemies attack me because I will not fall into their hands when they're trying to get me with their lies, with their threats, and their harm. They want me to doubt myself and doubt what God can do for me. But yet I will say confident. Verse 13. Yet I am confident. I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. That's some boldness right there. He's pointing them out that I'm not waiting for another day. I'm waiting for it today. God, I expect a miracle every day. He, he said, "I believe that you can do it right now." Look, look closely to this text and compare that to when Jesus went to Lazarus' funeral. Martha said, "I believe someday I'm going to see resurrection." Jesus said, "No, resurrection is today. I am the resurrection." I'm mean, call somebody. That, don't don't give up on God can't do. It. Believe that God can do it. And so, "Lord, I'm waiting on you right now." to do what I'm asking you to do. The enemy's trying to give me, but Lord, I know I got victory right now. God is my life. He will push out darkness. God is my life. He will endure and show me what I can do. And that's why verse 14 says, I will wait. How long will I wait? I'm going to wait. How long am I going to wait? I'm going to wait. How long am I going to I said I'm going to wait. Patiently for the Lord. And be of
1: good courage.
0: I, I, I see the psalm and say that one more time, but y'all didn't hear me the first time. Yes! I will wait patiently for the Lord. I, I get excited just looking at how he closed the psalm. He's just letting me know that I'm going through some stuff right now. My enemies got me outnumbered. They're talking about me. They're assassinating my character. They're putting me down. They even got me doubting myself. But one thing I am confident that I will forever seek out to be in the presence of the Lord. Why, Why do I want to be in the presence of the Lord? Because he is my life. He is my salvation. He is my refuge. And so though I am encamped around my enemies and they're seeking to devour me, one thing I am confident, that he will deliver me from them all. Matter of fact, he will lift me up and put me on rock. Grind. Why? Because he is my refuge. I, I want you to understand when they're talking about refuge all the time in the Near in the East, they make refugees in the mountains. They carve out, out of rocks. If you go in the, in, the, in the Middle East and look in, you can see cities carved out of mountains and rocks because of, places of security. It's places to help them to prevent raiders and marauders coming trying to get their stuff and burn their stuff down. It's hard to burn down rocks. Hard to climb up
1: and we shooting down. We got the higher ground. It's one of I will lift you
0: up. That's why we like to sing the song "Jesus Lifting." When nobody else there. Jesus lifted. We are lifted up because of God's grace, because of His mercy. Look at closely here in this text. This psalmist has done nothing
1: but in God. Some
0: people make you think you got to do something for God to do something. You just need to believe that God can do what he can do. And here's a beautiful thing, that even when you don't know what God can do, God still can't do it. You don't got to do anything. That's the beautiful thing about our God. Some people make you say, we do this, then God might do this right and there's some falsities out there that when you take you know, one step, God takes two. There's times I didn't take those steps. But God took a thousand. Because that's how good he is. When we looked early and we saw the the the, the, the ten spies that did not take any steps. God took all the steps <laughs> to help the people. There's only two that said they're going to come through. But God said, I got gotcha. you. God was about to take get rid of all of them, right? But he said the most. And they said, they said in, that, in that text, in Numbers 14, we we'll go back and look at it, right? They said, it's better for us to die here. God said, that's what you keep. Remember, I said, be careful what you ask for. They died there in the wilderness because that's where they wanted to go. They didn't get to go into the promise. But here it is. This man says, I'm not going to die here. I'm going to wait and be of good courage. Y'all, some of y'all text with me, and I text me back, and y'all guys you might get that text with be of good courage. Because I, I got that from the Word of God. When, when Joshua became the leader, God told him, be of good courage. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Jesus walking on the road, the man that was blind, calling, off, Lord had first on him that said, be of good courage. He heard you. And so oftentimes, when the Bible tells you, be of good courage, is letting you know, this expectancy that God is about to do. What you want him to do. So I encourage you. Have faith. and see how faith will defeat you. Trust in God. Believe that He can do. And know that greater is He that's in us and He that is in the world. God, we just thank you. And you are forever faithful. That you would never turn your back on us, you never hide your face from us, but you desire to show your love, your grace and your mercy. Father, we stand before you realize that though we are sinners. In need of your grace and your mercy, we confess to you, God, forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Forgive us the times we made it more about ourselves than about you. We try to hide our sins and we try to cover them up. Although we thank you, God, that you see them all, and we forgive us. So God, Father, we ask you for forgiveness. We ask for restoration, healing, and that we may see healing in our homes, healing in our community. So begin with us right now, O God, that you will be our light, be our refuge, be our deliverance, be our salvation. Then, Lord, I, we pray that there might be some who does not know Jesus Christ as a Lord. And say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins, that he defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. We thank you, Lord, that he is now seated at the right hand in majesty and power, interceding on our behalf. Lord, we're waiting for you to come back again for us to be all be changed and be like you in new heaven and new earth. But while we're on this journey, help us, Lord, to walk with you, to talk with you, to live for you, and serve one another with love, compassion, grace, empathy, and mercy. Jesus Christ and Lord we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us right where you are. Uh, we're preparing to give God his tithes and our offer. you a welcome to give uh, through our website, www.zionbcfuori.com. And you can download the app and join us and follow us there as well. And as I remember, we're to prepared to give. Uh, we're going to support give our offer. Let's have a word of prayer for the gifts to give to God. God, we ask you to bless what we have to give. Lord, bless those who have desire to give and have not. Lord, we thank you that you provide for us better than we can ever give back to you. We can never beat you in But Father, what we are able to give, we give freely back to you as to multiply, increase it for the building and increasing of your ministry for clothing of the naked, feeding of the hungry, evangelizing the lost. Father, have thine own way. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Keep your thinking, but join us today right where you are.